Gracious Father, we come to you this morning. Some of us, your arms are wrapped completely around us. Others, we know we're leaning, and others, we have decided we're not sure we want to lean. But we're leaning anyhow. Thank you, Lord, for a gentle spirit. Thank you, Lord, for your Holy Spirit. Father, put me behind the cross. And let the words that you want to be spoken come forth this day. We're all leaning in the name of Jesus. Amen. Usher, thank you for your service. Miss G, thank you for your service. Miss Butler, Miss Brenda, and Miss Vanessa. Miss Allen for your messages and notices to keep us straight during the week. For the confirmation students and their parents, and for all our visitors, guests, and for the families. We even say thank you for the service of the Lord, for his anointing is strong, and we're grateful for all the miracles in this day. Turn to your neighbor and say, can you see that? Turn to the other one and say, you know, I'm not blind, but I just want to know, can you see yet? Mm -hmm. The sermon titled this morning is On the Road. The subtitle is Walking Until You See Again. On the Road, Walking Until You See Again. Many of us are familiar with the road to Emmaus story, and some of us are familiar to the point where we just decide, well, I know that story. You see, two men were on the road. They were spiritually blind by disbelief and pain and anguish. They had been into Jerusalem and the very Christ, the King, had been crucified. With their disbelief and pain, they said, my God, my God, I can't believe it. So rather than to stay around and see what was going to happen on the third day, they began to journey to a town called Emmaus. For you see, they were walking, some commentaries say, to escape their pain. Yes, they communed with one another. They talked amongst themselves. And then they ran into a man. And he didn't seem to know what they were talking about. So don't you know what happened in Jerusalem? Weren't you there? Haven't you heard the news? Didn't you turn on Channel 4? Don't you know? And they realized they didn't know who he was, and they went on assuming that he was just a man on the road. They continued to chit-chat a bit and realized that he was a pretty nice guy. 
they realize this man was okay. But lo and behold, he wasn't just any guy. He wasn't just a nice guy on the road. He was Jesus. And suddenly, when they realized who he was, they had broke bread. They had said, hey, man, let's stay all night. Let's hang out for a couple of days. We're going to fellowship. We're going to get tight. And when they realized who he was, he was. For you see, when they realized who Jesus was, just as they were with him, he disappeared. And guess what they did? Actually, what did did those guys do then? What did they do? Well, that's why we have this sermon today, because they went back to tell others what they had experienced, what went on, what happened when they gained their sight. You may be saying, Pastor, why are you implying that they gained their sight? I didn't read anywhere in the passage that they were blind. I didn't read anywhere in the passage that, you know, uh, they needed their sight renewed and restored. Well, guess what? Some of us aren't blind physically, but we cannot see yet. Can you say we cannot see yet? I know that's a little weak, and, you know, we won't say it out loud because we don't want everybody to know we're yet blind. Can't see yet. Uh-uh. Keep it down, Pastor. Be telling people my business. I wear these fine-looking glasses and sharp shades. I don't want nobody to know I can't really see. You know, they were like the folks when they get right past 39. Miss 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 Dixon's not there yet, but there's some of us that have gotten past 39, and we start to take our glasses and do like this. We remove the glasses from our eyes, pretending that we can still see out of these nice, cute, pretty little glasses. I'm suffering from that from time to time, but I haven't yet gotten cured. I'm still working on it. The thing is, we cannot see, and we don't admit that we cannot see, and we keep walking along the journey. The road to Emmaus is a story about a journey. It's a story about a spiritual journey. Our young compliments have just stepped into a new journey. They don't know that they're still blind. They know they said yes to Jesus. They said, I know who he is. We studied some weeks. They've gotten a little closer to each other. They've made some friends that they may stay with or may not because they're teenagers. And don't let a blind can't see yet. Then there's folks that have been on the journey for a while and the grief of life on life's terms have just made them blind temporarily. They can't see either. They can't see because they're anxious or they're anguished, or they're envious, or they're tired, or they're something that's blocking them from seeing God. I did a lot of work this week on where was Emmaus, and what was Emmaus known for. And one of the commentary writers said, Emmaus is not a well-known place. 
It's a little teeny town right outside the big city, Jerusalem. Everybody doesn't know about Emmaus, but people go to Emmaus to escape. Emmaus is not always a place on the map. It may be located right in your house. Emmaus may be the place where when you get into a confrontation, husband and wife, children and parents, sons and daughters, aunts and uncles, you go in that place and say, bam. We don't announce that we're going to Emmaus. We simply put up our attitude and say, shut it down. I'm going to the cave. I'm going somewhere where you can't talk to me. Shut it down. And sometimes we go to Emmaus right in front of people. We be looking at each other and they got that funny looking look. If you've been a parent of a teenager and you've lived to tell about it, your children have gone to Emmaus in your face. Oh, I'm talking to somebody, and somebody knows I called them out. I preach this all by myself. Because we go to Emmaus because we want to escape. We go to Emmaus. Drugs and alcohol can take us there. Shopping can take us there. Getting on the phone at five hours at a time can take us there. And be having these secondary conversations. Oh, yeah, she's in the other room. Oh, yeah, he's in the other room. I don't want to say nothing too loud because the walls in this house have ears. Oh, we go to a mayor from time to time. I've been Christian most of my life, but I've been an African-American woman all my life. We go to a mayor from time to time. And we pretend like we don't go there. Because we don't want to be discovered on the road to a man. And sometimes when we do too much escaping, we need we need a first aid kit. Lots of band-aids, lots of medicine. And we get to Miss Tina's location in the emergency room and other places. They say, how did you get it? I don't know. Who hit you? I don't know. Is it, I don't know. Emmaus is a place we want to escape the pain. That's a very human condition. And we do what we need to do to just check out for a moment. Some of us watch soap operas, soap operas for two, three hours in a day. One comes on, one goes off. Some of us let the cable TV put us to sleep at night. We turn it on, click it in the morning, click it at night, click it in the morning, click it at night. We get upset if the remote control suddenly removes itself from its normal place. Who got my remote? I need to go to a maze and you got my remote. Can't stand these kids. Take my remote, and the kids don't even have it. They don't know where it is. They've been in their own world of Emmaus. They like this. You know, it's under the couch, under the ice cream box. Some of us go to the ice cream, Bluebell, Bluebell, the Bluebell show down here. 
dryers, whomever they sell here. Emmaus was an escape for those two men. They wanted to escape their pain. The commentary writers indicate that they wanted to leave where their dreams were. Their dreams were for salvation. Their dreams were for a new world. Their dreams were for meeting a Jesus that was truly their king. And they saw the resurrection. I should say they missed the resurrection because they left too soon. So point one, if you're going to be on the journey and you want to see again, don't quit before the miracle happens. If you look at verses 13 through 16, it's about the men's connection to one another. And they're connected to one another by the story. It doesn't say they're related. It doesn't say their names. It just says they were part of. It doesn't even say they were the first group of disciples. It just says that they were two guys on the road. And then from verses 17 through 27, they begin to have conversations, first with one another and two with a man they meet on the road. Have you ever met somebody on the plane? Have you ever met somebody on Greyhound? Have you ever met somebody that you simply have never seen in your life and you just give them your whole testimony of life? Ooh, so let me tell you what happened last week. Oh, you wouldn't believe. Ooh, let me tell you. And they get up and they're like, chatterbox. Jesus probably thought these two guys were kind of like a chatterbox. They were just talking, having conversations, whoo, just complaining. I wish he had rose. Whoo, I was expecting something else in Jerusalem. And, man, things happen. But Jesus doesn't put them down. So, the next thing you have to recognize is sometimes you're going to meet people who are going to bless you and you don't even know them. But take the time to at least ask who they are. But it's good to know Jesus knew them even though they didn't really know who Jesus was. You'll catch that. Jesus knew who the men were, even though the men were not named. But they didn't know the identity of Jesus at the moment. They only knew he was a nice man on the road that they happened to connect with. Then they built camaraderie. Do you know what camaraderie is? Compromise. Do you know what camaraderie is? Friendship. You connect. This is your posse. This is your crew. These are the people you hang with. You build camaraderie. That's a special type of connection where you can call somebody late, late, late at night and say, Hey, I'm in trouble. I need some help. That's only if you get permission from your parents to use the phone after 10 p.m., okay? Don't be saying, Pastor said I can call on any time to my boys and my girls. Now, your comrades or your friends. And they make invitations. They invite Jesus to become a comrade. They say, Jesus, hang out with us. Stay a while. And when they broke bread, can somebody say, broke bread? When they broke that bread, they weren't just breaking any bread. It was the revelation. It was the opening of their eyes. It was the situation that said, hello, this ain't just any friend. This is Jesus Christ. 
By the time they got to verse 30 through 32, the discovery zone had came along. They realized they weren't just breaking bread with anybody. They weren't just hanging out with one of their boys. It was one of those, wow, this is Jesus Christ. So they meet Christ. So first they have a connection, then they have a conversation, then they become pally and they become comrades, and then out of all things, they recognize him to be Jesus Christ. Then along the way, he disappears. But they don't see that as a sadness. They recognize he's going on to be with God the Father. They see the disappearance as, wow, he was really who he said he was. Thank God Almighty, he is who he says he is, even when we don't know. Recognize that at that point, the scripture doesn't say they arrived in a maze. The scripture doesn't say they got to their destination. The scripture simply says they turned it on and went back to town. That's where we are now as Christians. You were yet blind and you now see. Tell somebody what God has done for you and you and you and you. Awake in them the sight that only God can give. Recognize sometimes we escape and it's not a good place, but God's there too. Sometimes we try to run away via other things, other people, and other places. God is there too. Discover that wherever you go, in the pit or in the palace, Jesus is there. Recognize that whether you want him to be there with you, he's there. But will you recognize him? This day I invite you to open up your eyes and see Jesus as your Savior. If you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, there's time for you to get to know him. Will you stand this morning and sing the hymn of invitation? Page 454, open your eyes that I may see. Amen.